host Penny Vandersloos. I'm founder of Always in Your Corner, Discover Your Wild and host of this podcast series, Shine, Love and Light On. And today we're talking about womb wisdom, a part of our body that gets very little attention and I hope to change that with this discussion with Petra today. I hope you enjoy it. It's good to have fun. Hello and welcome to Shine, Love and Light on Womb Wisdom. And today I've got with me Petra Tezak. Tezak? Tezak. It's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I know my name's always pronounced differently, so I want to get it right. Tezak. And she and I connected earlier this year when I listened to her do um, a beautiful session online and it really allowed me to get connected with my womb. And we ended up working together and the past few months have really explored this topic much more deeply personally for me. And I wanted to encourage um, this conversation beyond just myself. So here I have Petra, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, it's lovely to be here. So Petra, why um, are you in this particular space? How did you come to be interested in womb wisdom and womb health? (laughs) It's really funny when you ask that because um, I never thought I would be here today (laughs) doing this. Um, But I guess my life and I always, I believe in the universe and how things are, you know, connected and that we come to do what we're meant to do. And it's really interesting because my life was going in completely different directions um, regarding the, you know, what I was studying and what I wanted to be. Um, and it was, first it was business and tourism and then it was interior design and it was just all over the place. But my, the universe just keep moving me in this direction. And um, as a teenager, I was always really sick. Um, I had a huge, like really painful periods, um, was suffering with anxiety, depression, even to the point of suicidal tendencies. Um, and at years, about 20 years of age, um, I almost died because of a blood cloth that was developed in my vein and it was traveling to my lungs. And that was created by a contraceptive pill um, that was given to me by a doctor to fix things um, that I was going through. And what I now know that is what was endometriosis. So, um, and they didn't know how to help me or support me. So that was big wake up call for me. And I literally went on my self-healing journey. It was for me. And I wanted to get better. I wanted to feel better. I wanted to, um, you know, get rid of the pain. That was my focus but it ended up being so much more. And it came to a point that I realized how important our womb space for women especially is. Um, And I realized how we store emotions in our body and how emotions influence our physical health as well as our spiritual and emotional health. And I was diving deep into a lot of different topics and uh, areas of my body as well as my life. So, and now here I am giving and sharing what I know and um, never thought to be here, but I actually really love it and enjoy doing it. And I'm really passionate about it because I think every single woman should understand the power of the womb and how much inner power we have to heal and transform things that we would like to transform in our life and live with ease. 
That's awesome. So I love that it's built on a personal story. I think that's why um, where I'm on a bit of a journey myself and hoping to share my personal story and you're a demonstration of that. So thank you. Um, I guess what is womb wisdom? And you mentioned that often it comes from an, a knowledge of a health condition. So in your case, it was endometriosis. But what is, a, what is the womb space? What is womb wisdom? A bit more specifically for those of us, this is kind of a new concept. So womb is just an old word for the uterus. Yeah, so the only thing the way I see the womb is an energetic space within our body. And if we look at our indigenous um, cultures that have been living on earth for thousands and thousands of years, um, all of those cultures are talking about the womb space and they have been um, honoring that space. And the thing is, they understand and they talk about also how the womb space is a portal between the eternal and the physical world. And if you look at it physically, it's the only space where life is created, where we birth life into the physical world. And that part of us, I truly believe that we are more than just a physical body and that we have our own soul or essence um, that lives in this vessel. And in order for that soul or essence to come down into that physical body, the womb is actually the portal to do that. So if a womb space can do that, then imagine how much else or what else it can it do. So if we look at the womb space and what it is physically, it's literally everything that sits in a pelvic area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in that pelvic bowl, so including your bowel, the bottom part of the bowel, your uterus, your ovaries um, and your bladder. Yeah. So all of that and including your vagina and your, your cervix and things like that. But that's just the physical aspect. But when we look at, at the energetic aspect and we connect back to the body, because when we look at um, the connection to ourselves, my view of things and my experience of today's world is that we forgot how to connect back mm -hmm. to the body and we live disconnected. And in ancient cultures, this was the space that every woman was honoring through the month. Yeah, so in every single stage, it was different, but they knew how to connect back to the uterus, to the womb space and connect to the body to listen what it needs. So there's exercises, meditations we can do to connect back to that space. But why, we, why do we talk about this? Because if we look at it from a physical perspective, is that the womb space, the uterus and the position of the uterus is crucial to our health. We don't realize that, but we have never been taught that. And it's really interesting when a lot of women that I work with and are struggling with endometriosis, they go um, to the doctor and they go, oh, your uterus is a bit tilted, but it's okay. It's not pressuring. It's not putting pressure on any of the uh, nerves. The thing is, as soon as our uterus is tilted, there is not enough oxygen and blood coming into the space. So that means that your organ is not optimally working so that means that everything else in the body because things are connected it's not working properly either so that can influence the other parts of the body so your hormone imbalances um your gut move, your, your gut movements or gut health um even your liver 
or your heart. Yeah. So all of that is really important. So it's not only the energetic woo stuff, um, but it's also the physical aspect of it. So, um, but more we, that is also my experience. And there's a lot of research behind it now as well, that when we tap into the emotional part of ourselves and the womb and the vagina is where women normally store a lot of the suppressed emotions. Um, and when we tap into that and really explore that, um, landscape within us and allow things to release well then we bring new energy into our body we feel healthier we feel lighter and I think this is something that needs to be talked about with women because I think a lot of women don't understand that they have the power within so they don't have to rely just on the power outside of themselves such a good answer and I actually think that's why for me it's like this is a treasure trove we've been like it's hidden in um I don't know on an island somewhere and we've suddenly discovered well I feel like I've suddenly discovered it's like oh my goodness it's full of jewels and all those different elements that you just pointed out indicators of my health and well-being my energy my spiritual access like there's so much in there that I wasn't even aware of so for me I have had a marina which is an IUD or a contraceptive device inside my womb for 10 years after having my second child and I just put it in there and forgot about it and that was kind of convenient and so by doing a meditation with Petra I got to see hang on that's there it's artificial I don't feel I want something artificial in my body right now so there was a real awakening to I wasn't even connected to that part of my body in the I was practically, obviously I was doing what I needed to do to kind of survive, but there wasn't all those different elements you've touched on. So I think that's brilliant. Why do you think it is so hidden and shamed and sort of not talked about? Like why is this area of our body so mysterious? Well, if we look at, this is my view. I would love to know what your view is as well, but my view is, we live in a predominantly wounded masculine society. Yeah. So this includes working with our left brain side of, yeah. So left side of the brain. So which thinks linearly. So it thinks, you know, going from point A to B, it also thinks with the past and the future, it's not in a present moment. It's always calculating and analyzing. Um, And it's always about competition and winning and being first and, you know, do, 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 and be better all the time. You know, there's no rest, there's no regeneration. There's always new things and always being better. And when we live in a society like that, it actually doesn't allow us um, and it doesn't teach us to be still and to listen and to approach things from different views. And the thing is, when we look at the masculine and feminine energies, yeah, so the womb space is completely feminine and you know our spine or, or our bones and our bodies are completely masculine so when we look at those two together so bones are always in action they're working moving they're keeping structure yeah where the womb space is a feminine so it sits still yeah it has a cycle and there's a cycle of you know creation and moving and when there's a cycle part of the cycle which is also sitting still and quiet and really tuning in and regeneration rest. So when we look at that in current, current society, there is no rest. 
there is no sitting still. There is no connection back to ourselves. We don't listen to ourselves. We don't listen to the bodies. So when we don't listen, our body doesn't express. Mm. And if it can't express, then it suppresses. And when it suppresses, well, that's stagnant energy. It comes, you know, it becomes what happens in the body, the way I see it energetically is when we don't look at something and we can't express it, it becomes like a storage box within our storage unit, which is our body. And our body always wants to protect us. It will never harm us. It will do everything to protect us. And it codes that box around and put it somewhere safe in the place. Yeah. And you store that for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden something happens in your life and all of that boxes you've been storing for years are just exploding out of your body. Yeah. So physical issues happen even up to cancer. Yeah. So there's heaps of things that can happen because of it. But in this society, we don't look at it. Okay. Your body's talking to me. Mm. We look at it. Okay. This is not working for me right now because I'm too busy. Yeah. So, okay. I'm going to just put this aside, suppressing again. So when we look at the suppression, well, (laughs) there's shame that comes with it. Yeah. Because we're not supposed to express what we're feeling. And there's guilt that comes with it when we do express, oh, it's not accepted. So there's a lot of emotions suppressed. I call them, I don't see it as negative or positive emotion. I see them as contractive and expressive emotions. So really expensive in a way of expensive energy. Yeah. Um, And it's really, really interesting when we are living in those emotions like shame, guilt, fear, um, anger. Yeah. So those are really com- compressive emotions. So they compress your life energy. There mm-hmm. is no life energy in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't want to talk about it because there's too much pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's a label around it that, you know, no, if you go in there, oh my God, you don't know what you're going to find. So no, you better leave it aside because you don't know how people will react. You don't know how this is going to be accepted if it's going to be accepted. So no, no, not let's, let's not talk about it because we're not ready for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the thing is a lot of women and men as well don't understand that without looking at it and talking about it and shining the light on it, well, it's going to rot. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to rot in that shadow and you're not going to escape it because years down the road, it's just going to spill out. And then you go, oh, where did this come from? Yeah. So there's a lot of shame around, especially women and as well men, sexual organs, mm-hmm. um, because I think there's there's a perception that sexuality as well as create creative sexual expression, and that doesn't mean sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that means everything else as well, and it, this is including pleasure. And I'm not saying pleasure as sex only because pleasure, the way I see it, is completely different. Mm. Before we can experience pleasure, that's a taboo. Yeah. No, don't show yeah. that. This is for the bedroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I experience pleasure by looking at things with different eyes. Yeah. And I experience it within my body before it ever happens with anything with sex. Yeah. So it's really, I think it's just cultural as well as I also think it's a collective trauma that has happened through years and years and years of suppression. And 
my experience with energy is that we de- like we are energy we are vibration and our dna stores memories and it stores vibrations so our kids actually if we don't open up our own wounds and heal them our kids will take care of them they will be passed down as energetic genetic yeah so mm-hmm. genetic of energy so this is how I see it. And I, I think it's, it's a tricky thing because when we start talking about taboo, taboo, which are not taboo, they're just mm. part of us, mm. topics, a lot of people aren't comfortable with them because they're not willing to look at them and see. Because it requires action or, yeah. 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 But like also I'm safe here. Why would I, why would I yeah. rock the boat? Yeah. <laughs> But it also feel like it's um, it's a lot of pain in there as well, and people are not used to dealing with pain, and they think it's bad, and because we've been taught that way, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know how you've been taught, but for me, it was said, Our you pain know, pain is bad. Yeah, pain is bad. You have to avoid it. Yeah, yeah. you you and do actually, everything you can. inconvenience bad as well. So your period or even having a baby is inconvenient. Like why not just drug yourself and get it over with? Like there's no sort of sense of that's natural. That's actually what your body's telling you a message and that's information and what you can do with that information and how you can interpret it. That pain. Yeah. So it's very interesting space. I think you're highlighting um, it's a shift, isn't it? That we're noticing that rise of the feminine that the acceptance of creativity and softness and beauty and and a different way and I think a lot of you asked what my version of it I think how you answered that was brilliant I don't know enough about the sort of collective energy in that way or it's a new space for me but I do feel it's just a lack of information we our the female body hasn't been understood and I didn't know it Um, I feel that's why I'm interested in sharing I feel a lot of this information would be new to people who are intelligent educated (laughs) informed in the social sense like they read newspapers and and um, watch TED talks and all that sort of thing it's just not in our collective conversation or or valued I think is part of it as well it's not valued as relevant so unless you want to have a baby your period's useless and once you've had a baby your uterus is useless so just get over it you know just put it on the side (laughs) or forget about it so what you're inviting us to do is to understand and revere and appreciate that this is way more than those functional kind of elements that we've been taught or shown through um yeah kind of being cut off i think there's uh, i do feel there's a patriarchal kind of suppression over it as well um so we're, we're sort of peeling I, some layers back of that i do agree but I, I think it's also our own responsibility as women mm. to reclaim that power back because they are our bodies this is who we are we are sovereign beings and we i think we've been waiting for too long for permission Mm. from somebody else to 
you know, take care of us, to put ourselves first, to say, you know, we matter. We're not here just to serve everyone else, but we need to take care of ourselves as well. And it's really interesting when you said, you know, your period is only useless when you need to have a baby, so reproductive purposes, as well as later on, it's okay if you can take it out, it's perfectly fine. Mm. A lot of women don't understand what that means Mm. and how it actually influences your physical health. And our hormones are hugely important for bone health, for heart health, for memory, for brain, Um, like hugely important. And we underestimate the power of our body. Mm. And also with the birth, for example, you know, for thousands and thousands of years, women have been trusting their own body to birth a child. Our body is made for that. I'm not saying that complication can't happen. Of course they can. And I'm grateful for the doctors and I'm grateful for the support we have today. But I feel we have been, as women, we have been... (sighs) That distrusting our body or being told not to trust our body. I think that was the thing. And I think we put in a position of being powerless where we have more power than any human being around us when we are going through birth Mm. your body is the only one that knows what to do in that moment Mm. and we are not trusting it Mm. and we're being told that our body is stupid that it doesn't know what Mm. to do so we need to take directions from you know people around us and what we do we don't trust the baby we don't trust ourselves we don't trust the uterus that it needs to do what it needs to do and it knows what to do Mm. and um, yes of course there's complications but if we take care of our uterus, some of those complications can be mended and changed before the birth as well. And a lot of women think that that's not possible, but it actually is. So, um, and I'm leaving proof of that. You know, I was told I can't have babies and I will never have babies. And now looking at the tests and things that I'm doing, everything shows that things are normal. Mm. So, We'll see how we go when I actually get pregnant. But um, the thing is, you know, never, I always say, trust your gut, trust your body. It will never lie to you. I know doctors want the best for you, but they're not, nobody's God. And you're the only one that knows your body the best. And trusting that and learning how to trust that and tuning into the body and listening is something that has been done for ages but we forgot how to do that Mm. so it's crucial thing to have in our lives thank you one of the interesting things i think you helped me appreciate was and you mentioned it earlier that your your uterus sits within your pelvic bowl um and then how it's how it's doing that can indicate all these other health health in i guess indicators as well it will give you a sense of how your digestive system's going and um, your bladder and all those sorts of things can you tell us a little bit more about that so as i mentioned before we kind of think it was only one and only one purpose but now there's sort of an insight or how your monthly cycle is progressing and what it's doing can give you insights into all these other different hormones and processes sure well in basics we have if we look at the cycle um we have 
in simplifying it, we have two stages. Yeah. So the first one is the pre-ovulatory and the second one is post-ovulatory and we have ovulation in between. If we look at it deeper, we have kind of four stages, stages going through that um, because depending on how hormones go up and down, but that's quite in depth. So I'm just going to go with the basics today. Um, so the, the most important thing is we start a cycle on the first day of our period. And then depending on the length of a period, normal period is around three to seven days. Yeah. Anything over, and if it's too strong, that indicates that something is out of balance in the body. Yeah. If there's pain connected to that, that even tells us that something is wrong with the position of the uterus as well. So I'm going to go to that later. But when we finish our period, we move into our pre-ovulatory phase, so before ovulation. And this is the phase where our estrogen, our hormone of, I call it happy hormone, because mm -hmm. it actually helps us get out of depression. Mm -hmm. um, if there's balance in it, of course, um, having too much estrogen, hmm, that's not balanced either. So it can um, bring more pain and you know things like that and out of balance hormones. But estrogen rises up to your ovulation and is um, the highest one day before your ovulation. Yeah. And then it drops down and then the progesterone start rising. Estrogen rises a bit for a few days and then drops down again. But progesterone is the one that starts rising after ovulation in the post ovulatory phase till the end of your cycle. So before the start of the new one. So according to that, we can measure our basal body temperatures as well. So I like to look at the basal body temperatures because they tell us how our thyroid is doing. Yeah. It tells us how our hormones are doing. So we can see if we have too much estrogen, not enough estrogen. If we have not enough progesterone, we can look at, you know, if our thyroid is depleted, if it needs more support, um, because thyroid is actually connected to our, it's our inner temperature. Yeah. So it, that will show in your temperature basal body temperature as well when we measure the cycle. So the ovulation is, um, it's really interesting how we look at the period. And I think um, a lot of women don't understand what actually happens in the body. So ovulation as well as the period are both inflammatory processes. So what happens when we start producing an egg in our ovary we don't have like a hole that comes out, the X comes out. Yeah. So that means that the ovary needs to like burst. So it, be, it bleeds. Yeah. So that means that the tissue opens up and that's inflammation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that egg is released, goes out. And then the period, the lining of the period of the uterus um, before it sheds, uh, estrogen is the one that builds up the lining. Yeah. And progesterone is the one that keeps up the lining. So it keeps it thick and it keeps it steady. Yeah. So the egg can actually implement. So when we don't get pregnant, all of that, it's, it's shedding out, out of the uterus. And that is why it's blood because it's inflammatory process. So the inflammation in our body happens naturally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if we look at the position of the uterus and why, for example, there's, there can be pain as well is because there is inflammation. So if there's too much inflammation in the body, then we get um, 
there's specific factors that we can look at, but there's in the wall of the uterus, because of in inflammation, there's factors, specific molecules that rise, yeah, so specific proteins that rise, and that makes the uterus contract more, yeah? So it's more inflammation, more pain. Also, if your cycles, especially if they're too long, for example, if your period's too long, or if you have uh, too much blood, or if you um, also see that, you know, the blood is not clear, red blood, but it can be brownish or it can be up to purplish as well. Um, and you have spotting before or after, that means that your uterus is not actually sitting in the right position. So we kind of, as women, we thought, I don't know, this is how I was taught, but we think that uterus is actually sitting in one place and it's cooked to everything and it's fixed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And every time during period, it just sheds out things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it just blobs everything and that's done. Well, no, uterus is actually positioned with 10 ligaments and it's moving all the time through the cycle, forward, backwards. Um, it's moving with your organs. So when you have a bowel movement, it's going to push forward. When you have your bladder full, it's going to push backwards. So it can move all the time in our body. So when we look at that, we say, okay, so if she's moving, then that's not a problem if she's tilted, right? Well, no, because if she's tilted, it can be tilted left, right, it can be tilted back, so prolapsed, or it can be tilted forward. So if she's tilted, that means she's not in the right position, so she can't move naturally. Yeah, mm -hmm. that means that one of the ligaments is stronger or tight and the other one is looser. Yeah, mm -hmm. depending what it is, but that's just how it goes. And if it's sitting in the right, in the wrong position, the uterus during the period can't empty itself properly. So a lot of women don't understand that the uterus actually helps you get pregnant. Yeah, it has an intelligence. Mm -hmm. So your body wants to help you. So when the egg is released, the uterus actually moves so it catches the egg, yeah? Wow. So your egg can get implemented into the, the wall of the uterus. So that's why the lining is thick. So the uterus can actually yeah. help to catch it and it actually creates life. It's really important to understand that that connects to the cervix as well. So if you look at the cervix, the cervix will move up and down throughout the cycle. That's why, because the uterus is moving up and down. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's really important to understand that our uterus is alive. It's not fixed. It has a cycle and a season. And that's why it's really important. And I, I don't know, like for me, well, when I was taught in schools, you know, you can get pregnant every single day of the cycle. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, you can't, you know, you have to be careful. You, you need to protect yourself. You can get pregnant every single day of the cycle. Well, that's not true. Yeah, we only release one to two eggs, yeah, um, during our cycle. And we are actually fertile around ovulation. So about, so this is where the cervical mucus come in. Yeah, so the cervical mucus or the white flow, the way we say it, the red flow is the period, the white flow is the cervical mucus, is actually helping you get pregnant. Yeah, mm -hmm. so every time we have cervical mucus, we have different stages, but that's actually what helps the sperm to stay alive because otherwise our vagina is actually really acidic. So if the sperm comes in, it will actually die in an hour. Mm -hmm. So, which is really interesting because women think, oh, you can get pregnant like this. Well, no, 
your body actually has a clock. It knows what it's doing and it's protecting you. So for example, if your period is shorter and you're not ovulating, that means that you had a lot of stress. So your body said, no, 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 no. This is not safe for you anymore. We're not going to ovulate this time. So your period is going to come earlier. So next week or next month when we are actually ready, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Your body is really smart. And we don't understand it as much as we would like to, um, to actually look at how it affects us. And it's really interesting where women go, oh, it's one week before the period and I'm really, you know, the PMS, I'm irritable and things like that. But the thing is, that's actually a sign that your body's out of balance. So it's, PMS is not normal, yeah? <laughs> normal. <laughs> of course, we are a bit more gentle and we are a bit more sensitive a week before the period because the progesterone is the hormone that influences our right side of the brain, so the emotional part of the brain. And um, it's also, we become a bit more introverted, yeah? So, but like painful breasts and really irritable states and you know edgy moods and things like that that means that the hormones are out of balance so we need to take care of us yeah especially this is sort of your body giving you messages to say hang on you need to 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 make some changes what yeah the way you're behaving or what you're consuming or (laughs) how you're thinking (laughs) yes yeah Thinking and feeling is a big one, yeah? That's why we feel like we want to eat the whole, you know, how do you call that thingy, the uh, ice cream, <laughs> um, what do you call it, the, the bucket of ice cream, um, oh. you know, that, or chocolates or whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, binge. Because, binge. Yeah, because, yeah, because we're craving emotionally, yeah, mm-hmm. because we're out of balance. And, for example, for women that go, oh, I have tender breasts, you know, Yes, that's too much estrogen in your body. So that's too much inflammation in your body. So we need to take care of that. So we need to start gently detoxifying your body to help the body get rid of the excess estrogen so you can be more in balance, so you can have more energy throughout the cycle. So So really what you're doing is giving us back our power to understand. So instead of thinking, I know when I first went through, I had two pregnancies, full pregnancies and the first one birth was frightening it was I didn't know what my body was doing and so it was very painful and I relied on medical intervention whereas the second one I had a hypnobirthing sort of process to 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 trust my body the whole message was trust your body and it was phenomenally different so it's this whole idea of the messages that my body was sending, I then interpreted as this is okay. This is what my body's doing. It's not a contraction. It's a surge. You know, even the language was different. So in what you're sharing, and I guess we're encouraging people to inquire and explore is how do we shift our view of these problems, these, these PMS and these um, physical symptoms. And instead of kind of just band-aiding them with, medication or I don't know banding it around and this is just ignore me for the next week because I'm going to be horror let's look at oh hang on this there's a way I can actually be empowered and do something with this information and it doesn't have to be this way yes and I think we take things like like we said before pain yeah when that comes in oh no I'm just going to suppress it I don't want to feel that 
this is horrible. No, I'm not going there. Mm. So I'm not saying something's wrong with me. Like there was this real sense of it's going to go bad. I'll I'll be a a failure. I won't do this right. Or something even is, you know, a bit sinister. Like something might be wrong with the baby or this pain means bad. Pain, pain's bad. Yeah, pain is bad. Yeah. And the thing is, pain is just a messenger of the body. And your body's communicating with so many different things that we never learned. And I really am passionate about empowering women, you know, to really give them a chance to listen, to understand the language, to start thinking out of the box instead of just um, suppressing everything that comes up, you know. And, And I think that's an empowered way to live because no matter where you are, if you're traveling, if you're at home, if you're teaching your kids, this is an empowered way to say, wow, I have an option. I don't need to just go one way. I have an option and I can try this first. And if this doesn't work, okay, I can try something else. And there's no, for me, there is no one way, oh, just go natural or go this. I think we need to complement things and we need, everybody's different and we need to find a balance for each and every one of us. And that's going to be different for each and every one of us. Mm. And I think it's really important to, um, listen to our bodies first and start listening sooner rather than later so we don't have to fix everything at once because when we like do the stock and you know suppress everything in there and then all of a sudden everything opens up and you go oh my god there's like 10,000 different things I need to figure out right now well if we start listening sooner and of course past we didn't know what we didn't know but now we can we can change things for the future we can change things right now even if we start with one thing Mm. one thing at a time and if we do that long enough things will change and i think that's the most important thing that we have an option or some kind of control of what's going to happen in the future Mm. and i think there's a real what you're explaining too is awakening us to it's it's part of our body it's not just a thing you can kind of ignore it's it's influencing all our different systems you mentioned the thyroid and um heart health and everything so we've sort of been misled to think that our uh, a medical system sort of you go to one specialist and they isolate an area and they only look in that area for us to consider this is part of our whole health and we want to just notice it (laughs) notice it and give it some time and 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 explore it further i did want to cover for people who maybe don't have a womb or have experienced menopause already so how this sort of plays for them i do want to do another episode and there will be another episode on menopause and and those cycles but just so that they don't feel that this is not relevant to them how what's what's the messages that they can be taking away so if there was a hysterectomy, yeah, yeah um, of course there is no physical womb anymore, mm-hmm. like uterus, yeah? yeah. But what happens is, and there's been research done on this as well, is when we take out an organ, because we're all energy, we vibrate. When we take out an organ out of the body, your body still has a memory and an energetic imprint of that organ in the body. So it's really interesting because we can still access that space within us, the womb space, even if we don't have the uterus anymore. 
So energetically, we can still connect. Yeah. Yes. Physically, it's going to be different because, of course, there's no progesterone in that um, quantities anymore. And then, of course, supporting the physical aspect of the body will be different. Um, but you can still work with the energy you can still create from there you can still create the safety space within you can still um you know connect with your own self you can still look at the body and you know try to figure out what's going on get messages start healing so there's heaps of stuff that can be done um unfortunately currently we can't redo things that you know we can't regrow the organs um hopefully that will come soon <laughs> Um, but at the same time, um, it, we can still do the energetic part. So, and that goes with men as well. For example, we think that the uterus is in the womb space is just for the women. Yeah. Men have the, they don't have the womb, but they have the creative, creative space. So the creative space within it's between, um, the belly. So the belly button and, um, the organ. So the sexual organ. The penis so that part in between it's um an energetic space for them as well for creativity um and their grounding center um and it's like an anchor for all of us um mm. in a physical world so you can all of us can access that energetically i've also heard for men too that we're all related you know we've all come from the womb so they've got a yeah. connection with the womb from having been born and having you know their life start in a womb. So we are all to revere and, and acknowledge its importance in our lives. It's yeah. a huge part of our lives. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the men. So what about the women who are sort of, you know, older and perhaps, again, like I was saying, don't have a period anymore, so it's sort of a bit of a distant memory. <laughs> um, how this sort of information or how they can still connect in with their womb? So the meditation that I teach um, is, like I said, for anyone. Yeah, even if you don't have a cycle anymore, but you still have a womb or a uterus, um, there's physical support that you can do if you have, if you lost the uterus or if you still have it. So one of that things is um, mind abdominal massage, um, which is one of the Asian techniques and it's beautiful to practice and it's a really beautiful uh, way to honor the space um, of your womb as well as to nurture the organs in the belly area um, as well so that's as self-massage self-massage yeah. you can go to the therapist as well so they can help you with that if you don't want to do your self-care but you can do that at home as well um, otherwise, the second thing that I would recommend any woman to do, um, even women that are in menopause um, and they don't have the cycle anymore, is um, yoni steams. So yoni steams are beautiful for cleansing and supporting the womb area. Um, even if you don't have the cycle, um, they still help with regeneration of the tissue and they help with the regeneration of the tissue in the vagina um, because there's herbs in the yoni steam that release the really low amount of essential oils and that helps the space to calm down it gives the womb um, the, the warmth that it needs because normally when there's issues in the body the womb space is actually cold so there's not enough energy in there so 
uh, Yoni Steams are beautiful self-care practice uh, for any woman to do. And they're really, really calming. You can do a meditation during that. It takes half an hour, uh, either on a chair or on a toilet, whatever you want to do it. It's really simple to do. Um, the only thing is that has been done for thousands and thousands of years for women and all over the world, it, not only in indigenous cultures, all over the world. And this is coming out now. So, um, and it's really important to understand that just because you're out of the cycle, you don't have the cycle anymore. That doesn't mean there is no connection anymore to the uterus and to the womb space. So cherishing and honoring that with meditation and connection and with massage and yoni steams, um, that's a beautiful way to do that because it helps the hormones. Yeah, we still produce hormones even in menopause. Um, and we need the progesterone because that actually keeps us out of depression and, and being tired. So because, you know, fatigue is a huge one in menopause. Um, and it's really important to keep the balance and vitality. So that's the easiest way that I can explain it. Um, and I want to, I want every woman to understand that the womb is not just for reproduction and it's not just for the cycles. And when we are out of the cycles, it still has a purpose. It's there for you to connect with it and have a relationship with it because it's a part of you. It's where your energy is sitting physically. It's an anchor to the physical world. Um, it helps you filter the energy in the outside world. It helps you find the inner space, the safety um, that we're all craving for and looking for in the outside world. But it's actually found within. So, and the womb space is the one that you can sit within and talk to yourself and you can decorate it the way you want it um, and have fun with it. Yeah, because outside world can be dark and scary and tough. And what we create within ourselves, we project outside and that's how we live, right? And it's really important to understand that without relationship to ourselves, our physical body, our womb, our heart, um, there is no relationships with others because it starts with us. This mm. is the foundation. It's kind of a beautiful way. I think you've tied it all in so beautifully to um, encourage you as a listener to honor yourself and that's with self-care so some of the practices that Petra mentioned some massage and time resting yoni steam if you'd like to explore that so there are um, opportunities to meditate and go within and and connect with your womb so Petra how can they um, if they're interested find out a bit more about what you do and if they would like to work with you or find out more about what sort of work you're doing, if you want to let us know a bit about that. Sure. Um, my business name is Love Essence Wellness, um, normally Love Essence. Um, and I, you can find me on Facebook um, if you search to at Love Essence Wellness altogether. Um, otherwise, you can find me by my name as well. Um, and you will see my photo on top. Um, but otherwise, you can also book. Um, there's a free 30-minute chat that you can book. Um, if you connect with me through Facebook, um, we can book that in. 
but otherwise I do events as well weekly um, and you can find those um, on the site as well as you can join our Facebook community called Empowering Feminine Essence and you'll find every detail in there as well. So there's some awesome ways there. The 30-minute chat, I'd highly recommend. I, <laughs> that's how Petra and I worked out. There was more that I wanted to explore and discover. Um, I really wanted to acknowledge and thank you for sharing so beautifully your experience and what it means to shine love and light on our womb wisdom. And I think that's it, that this is there's wisdom in our bodies and I'd encourage you all to to go from this conversation and talk with um, another person in your life. It might be a younger woman, um, a woman you know really well, a family member or someone you've just met. Like, let's see if this can be a bit more mainstream and a bit more. <laughs> and then even men in your life. Like, I think I've got um, a husband and a, a son and this isn't going to be something that's, taboo for them to really understand and the more we talk about it because really any shame we have we just like you said bring it into the next generation so I agree and I think you thank you for having me and I agree men need to be a part of this because masculine energy supports feminine so thank you for having me thank you for giving me this space to share this and I think every single woman should be talking about this and to younger women girls as well so we need to pass this on to empower women all over the world beautiful thank you have a gorgeous day thank everyone you. you too thank you thank i'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land that we meet on and pay respects to their elders past present and future shine your light, do shine.